0: Welcome to Digitally Creative. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and before I even get started, I want to apologize for my voice because I know it sounds terrible. I have no idea why. I have been dealing with having basically no voice for the last four days, so I was just hoping that it would come together well enough so that I could actually record today because today I have the privilege of recording with a very good friend of mine who went from idol to buddy, which is kind of cool. I have the one and only Steve McDonald. What's going on, buddy? How you doing?
1: I'm very good Vincent. Thank you very much. And you good self?
0: I am wonderful. I've been having so much fun this morning. I you know, one of the things that I've gotten from you, mainly from you, but from other people, but mainly from you mm-hmm. is that especially the group because um the Facebook group, your Facebook group is one of the best things that ever happened to me because it's you see so many people doing such crazy amazing things and it just inspires you to not sit on your butt. And I have started doing more art for art's sake just for this for the sake of doing something fun and something i enjoy and something that doesn't necessarily have to sell. i mean i don't mind selling stuff but man it's you have really over the over the two years that i've known you you've really changed my opinion on what i need to spend my time doing and i'm trying to get better at doing it so
1: yeah i love i mean it is great i love sharing my craft and i love sharing my art and i love sharing my failures and successes as well on on youtube and on the channel and with the members group but i'm like you there has to come a point where art and craft and things like that needs to be for your soul for your mind for your body's yeah. well-being and i think when we when, as long as we do that then we still have and gain as much pleasure from the work side of it as we do from our personal because i think if we take that away from our personal side we're actually depriving ourselves a little bit and, and we shouldn't deprive ourselves of something we we're absolutely passionate about
0: yeah absolutely. last I,
1: mean, week. I, I, I as i told the group the other day i was feeling a bit down and one of the things that really makes me feel good about myself and I thoroughly enjoy is just making paper flowers. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what it is about them, they just they just inspire me, they give me time to think and they always look pretty afterwards.
0: I see this I see the problem of not you know partaking in doing stuff personally. I see that a lot from people that are either full-time makers or even makers that are, you know, to an extent makers that are content creators. I mean, every time I've had someone on to some extent, I've been like, so what do you do in your personal time? And rarely it's what they do as a content creator or as a business owner. It's usually something else. And it's like, wow, you know, like, and you, you, I, I understand, I do understand, you know, that sometimes you burn yourself out doing this kind of stuff, but I almost feel like it's kind of sad. Like, oh, you don't want to do this for fun anymore. Like, you know, you don't see it as a passion or a fun thing, you know, and there's nothing wrong with seeing it as a business. I am very much business oriented. But I'm starting to see the.
1: Was that? Me too. Yeah, very much business oriented. But I'm
0: starting to see the benefits to my own mental health. Of and I showed Steve, and I won't. Maybe I'll show it. I don't know. But I showed Steve what I was working on this morning before we started recording. And it was just so much fun to make. It was one of the yeah. funnest things I've done in so long. And I'm still looking, like I have it on my desk right now and I'm looking at it I'm like, that's so damn cool. Like I'm yeah. in love with it. And I'm like, that's the fun. That's the fun that I always feel like just gets sucked right out of it for me because I don't make a conscious effort to keep it there.
1: And I think that's what's important as well. I mean, I, I've mentioned this before in my videos and things like this, but – I actually sit at night, I have hundreds, not hundreds, I probably have about 35, 40 of these, which are my doodle books. And I sit at night just doodling when I'm watching television. And I mean, being colorblind, I just color them in at whatever color I want to color them in at. And I have books and books, always keep them in a hard book, hard covered book, because that way I can keep them and I can keep looking at them and enjoying them. And I get so much pleasure out of this sort of thing, and so yeah, absolutely, you should definitely be doing it for pleasure too, without a I doubt. Think,
0: I think the funny, the funny part is when they when they cross over. So I was just telling Steve before we started last week, um, I had made a wall art piece for myself, and I was like, you know what, what the hell? I'll just put it up for sale and see if it sells. And it sold for and sold in four hours. And then back in October, Steve in the Facebook group that he has had a challenge to make something um for for fall. And it had to be fall and funky. That was the um that, that was, was the, the problem for it. And I made, I've ha- I've shown it before, but I made this copper leaf pendant that I was really proud of. It was the first time I ever really did some like, you know, dapping yeah. and proper jewelry techniques to make a piece of metal jewelry. And it was like I was like, this is beautiful. And I was like, immediately put it up for sale. And then it took a while, but it did actually sell. And I'm like, yeah, because this was a passion project. This wasn't something I was making to sell. This was something I put a lot of love and attention into to make sure it was really good. And yeah, it took a little while to sell, but it did sell. Somebody connected with it and loved it. Mm. And I think that's what you lack when you you pull the passion out and you kind of make it this cold, clinical, sterile business thing. When you're not passionate about what you're making, it may still be mechanically good, but I feel like there's an extra little extra little bit of unspoken juju that goes along with something when it's made with a lot
1: of love. I think if you if you're putting passion and soul into something, it comes through. Definitely. Even if it's not a pretty piece. I mean I've made some what I consider to be ugly pieces. In fact, I'll show you one of my ugly pieces if you <laughs>
0: When your body of work is big enough, ugly ugly comes with the territory uh,
1: that I made, and it's a it's a jar upcycle, and it was a it was a jar. It had pickle in it, and I coppered it. I put some of my own um, paste on it as well to get it. it, it, and it's come out really ugly. But do you know it has pride of place in my studio because. It's where I put, firstly, my paper flowers when I ate them <laughs> before the family have taken them and said, Yeah, we want those. And secondly, it, it, I made it at a time when I was feeling a bit grumpy and a bit low about things as well. And to me, it just represents so much of my own passion. So, exactly, right. but you know, I would never sell it because I don't think anyone would buy it. But it's, um, to me, it represents. My happy creative making—that's what it represents. Sorry, I'm, I'm not sure if you caught any of that. To me, it represents my happy making, just playing, just for the mm-hmm. fun of playing, and, and and experiencing what the materials are going to do and how it's going to come out.
0: It is. It is pretty. It is pretty awesome when you're when you're just making something, just trying to see where it goes, and then all of a sudden you you start. I think you hit a turning point with a lot of projects. I do. I know. I do where it's like this is a cool idea i had let's just see where it goes and then you hit that point where it's like it's like when you're driving on the highway when you when you start to get to the open road and your foot naturally just pushes a little further on the yeah. accelerator like you you're like oh let's go let's go yeah. we're getting there now like this is the right path we're going in the right direction now yeah.
1: and the other thing is it, it it builds your creativity doing something that you're not worrying about it also builds up your muscle memory of, mm-hmm. as of well of using things and using your hand. But it also builds your confidence as well that it's okay to make things that aren't necessarily factory beautiful. And mm-hmm. I think that's what's really important about crafters and creativity. And um, it isn't factory made, it is mm-hmm. unique to you. It is that's what that's what should inspire you to feel confident in that piece whether it turns out well or not
0: one of the one of the one of my weakest skills and i've said it for i've said it for a couple of years my weakest skill is painting like by far i'm a terrible painter and i have just made a conscious effort to get better at it like i just whenever i have the opportunity to do a project i try to incorporate some painting into it now Mm. and little by little I'm starting to see the muscle memory. I'm starting yes. to see the understanding of the techniques to get things to cover better, even with cheap craft paints. Mm. And I'm not going to lie. If you use really good acrylics, it's a very different ball game. I have a set I have an $80 dollars set of acrylics that I bought yeah. because I wanted to see what really good acrylics were like. I understand why they're 80 dollars. Yeah, it's a that- very different kind of paint. Yeah, but in using those, I also started to like. Okay, so why are these better? Well, they cover better. Okay, so how do I make the cheap ones cover better? Yeah, what I figured out, and you know, this was just me going. Okay, what can make this cover better? Do a first coat. You know, first start using gesso. Started using gesso. That alone just changed everything. Instead of using the primer I was using, I started using gesso as a primer. That alone changed everything. Yeah, it slows you down, but it's totally worth it. But the second thing was. Don't be afraid to do a lot of coats. Like just, just do a lot of coats, even with the cheap paints. And it's like, yeah, you can really get by with some
1: really, really cheap thin acrylic paint. If you chuck a bit of PVA glue or wood glue or Elmer's glue, as they call it in the states, Mm -hmm. school glue, in with the paint, just a little bit, mix it all, mix it in, you'll get a great coverage.
0: Yeah, these these craft paints, and, and the funny thing is, like. All right, maybe in the first and second coat, you'll be like, oh, boy, this is going to take forever. Usually by the third or fourth coat, it really pops. And what I figured out is all you have to do is hit it with a heat gun. If you're in a hurry, a heat gun and acrylic paint are a great combination because the piece, the little piece that I showed you this morning has four coats on it. And I did it in an hour. Yeah. Because I was, I mean, granted, you're not supposed to take a 3D print and hit it with a heat gun. That's kind of dumb. I readily admit that that was stupid, but I understand I've been working with 3D prints long enough that I know how long I can cheat and keep the heat there. But wow, it's like, oh my God. So I could put like four coats on an hour. So really the benefit of the other ones. Okay. Granted, they're more pigmented, but all right. So I'm not doing one coat. I'm doing four, but I'm using cheap paints and I have every color under the sun and a few that aren't even under the sun. (laughs) (laughs) So, but this is all stuff that like, I used to just go, I just don't like painting, but now it's like, well, why don't I like painting? Like what's, what's wrong with it? What's the process that I'm not getting? What's the result I'm not getting and why don't I like it? And again, this is a lot of hanging out in that group because I see people trying things that they've never done before. And it's like, well, dude, if they can try stuff they've never done before, you can paint. (laughs)
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that is the nice thing about the members. Group and and it's the members group that uh, Vincent's referring to here for for my cha- members of my channel. It is a safe haven. What was really important for me when when I set that up, even when there was only a few people in it. It's, it's not a big group now. It was all it was about like making... three hundred
0: and thirty people in that. Group. Yeah, that's a pretty big group.
1: Yeah, about three thirty. It was all about making an a community, not an environment, mm-hmm. a community of people who were going to feel confident in sharing not only their questions and supporting others but sharing their concerns sharing their worries about their work and also sharing when they were trying something new and I think Mm -hmm. that safe space is something that I will protect vehemently because it's so important to me that that is a That is an area that our members can just really, really enjoy and and feel safe. Because so many social media spaces now have people in there that will be very nasty and critical and, you know, not give anybody the benefit of the doubt. They'd rather say something negative than positive and Mm. not support people. And I don't, I can't, I wouldn't have that in that group. But but I'll tell you
0: the truth, you know, as, as a moderator in the group, right. As a moderator in the group, I see every, you know, I'm granted, I can't be there all day long. None, Mm. none of the three of us are right. But I've had to remove, I've had to remove surprisingly few posts in the last year or so. I mean, minimal number of posts. I, I think I've removed three And they weren't even, like, people being nasty to each other. It was, like, selling links and stuff like that, which obviously we don't allow in the group.
1: They make mistakes like that because, you know, that's understandable. And the reason I don't have selling selling links or memes or all that sort of thing in the group is because the timeline – it's a really popular group, and a lot goes on. It there's loads of posts in it.
0: It moves fast every day. It oh, really does, yeah,
1: absolutely. So if we start allowing people to put selling links and memes and videos that aren't theirs in the group, then actually the timeline just gets caught up with those, and the real important questions or the really important posts get mixed in mm-hmm. with that and get diluted and then missed. And that's why that's why we don't. Which is-
0: which would be kind of a shame because the one thing that the group really does well, and this is the, you know, this goes back to like the way the maker community is structured too. And why makers, the wider your network, the better. But one of the things that's great about the group is that there's somebody in that group that knows how to do just about anything you want to do. It's, it's incredible. Like you can ask a question about just about anything, you know, granted if you ask a question about welding and stuff like that, you you (laughs) might not get an answer. But if you're asking a question about what paint covers, what, and, You know, what to use as a primer and what surfaces work and what kind of resin and how much what resin to use for a mold. I guarantee you there's more than one person in that group that knows how to answer stuff.
1: Yeah. And that's the nice thing. We have built up a nice group of experts in there. And and Mm. those experts aren't all resin experts. And we have crochet expert. We have card making expert. We have a, uh, a technical expert. Um, we have woodworking experts. You know, we've got probably about eight or nine people that are now experts and, and labelled as experts because they have such a good expertise in those areas and they're always willing to help and share. And I think that is what the crafting community needs to be about more than anything. I, I, I don't like this... I, I, competitiveness is not the right word I'm looking for because actually I think we're all maybe a little bit competitive with ourselves more than with each other.
0: Mm-hmm. but I don't
1: like this negativity that is surrounding some of the other groups um I think that to me is destructive and it and it's also social media is stressful enough without having that sort of thing <laughs> happening
0: social that should that should if this was a, if this episode had a title other than your name, that would be it yeah. social media is stressful
1: enough absolutely. <laughs>
0: I, it's interesting you say that the competitions with ourselves because when I had um I had my friend Christian on a couple of episodes ago, you know he and I were talking about this and we said that we said the same thing basically that you know when we're doing this kind of stuff, the thing that makes you know the maker community different is that the the competition is turned inward that we yeah. look at our. I look to be better than myself. I'm not trying to be better than Steve. I'm not trying to be better than the not people so. in the group. I'm actually putting my stuff in the group more to say, "Hey, this is this is what I made. I think it's pretty cool. You know, you guys make a lot of stuff. What do you think? Can you give me suggestions?" You know, and I think it's with I think every interaction you have with other makers as opposed to in other communities, but generally with mm-hmm. other makers is the implicit understanding that, "Hey, I'm showing you this. I'd love some feedback because I respect your opinion on what I do." Yeah. Not hey, this is how great I am. Look at me. I'm amazing. Nobody does that. I mean, well, okay, not nobody, but very few people do that. uh, Yeah,
1: And I also think that we as creators and creative people and crafters and artists have a really high level of imposter syndrome. Yes. Uh where we actually don't think we are good enough. And I think that is where our own self competition comes into play because we're actually trying to compete against ourselves because we're always feeling that we're imposters to it. Now I know that I'm a I've done a whole series on my second channel, and I it will be a series that probably never ends of me trying to be a um abstract painter <laughs> because I absolutely love abstract art. But, and I honestly believe, <laughs> much to my own um, regret, and um, I'm quite embarrassed to say, I honestly believe that abstract art was literally just a case of getting a canvas and slopping some paint onto it, and it would look beautiful. How wrong was I? This is a real art, and I can see why people have studied it for years and years and years. Um, I am slowly starting to like, not love, but like, the stuff that i make but i know that i've got a lot more improving to do and i'd like to go on a course i'd like to find myself some time to go on a course to learn more abstract painting techniques i think as well what what hinders me and my own my own self-doubt is around the fact that i am colorblind so i never really know what color i'm putting down onto a piece of paper unless it tells me on the on the um on the tube But then I was using burnt umber the other day, and I had burnt umber and burnt sienna. They look exactly the same color. Almost the same color. They do. They look exactly the same color. So I had to Google what color is burnt umber, what color is burnt sienna, you know, because without doing that, I had no idea what colors they were. But
0: I think to an extent, now, now, just playing devil's advocate here, um, I think to an extent that's a good thing, though. Because the fact that you're colorblind means you don't have preconceived notions about what colors work together. See, a lot of times the limitations that we bump into aren't really limitations. They're just kind of trends and traditions and things like, oh, you never put yellow
1: and blue together. Well, why the hell not? Yeah, I I, I, I put them all together all the time. But then I wouldn't know (laughs) if I was putting yellow and blue together. Or whether I was putting orange and blue together, orange or, and blue is or, a big or, one. Or yeah. purple, or you know, because they all look the same to me. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't like to be able to see them. I mean, I've tried those glasses and I've tried the contact lenses, and actually they make no difference to me whatsoever, and mm. uh, uh, which is a shame. But it's like when I painted the castle that I showed you earlier. When I took it inside, it was like, why have you painted it purple? Bricks aren't purple. I said, I mean, yeah, but there's a grey wash got to go over that. So I came outside and quickly made a grey wash and put some grey dry brushing on it and a grey wash on it. And now it it looks better. Because I, I just thought they looked grey. I didn't realise they looked purple.
0: What I'm, what I'm amazed at. So I, ju- I was just looking it up while you were talking. And the last time you were on the podcast was August 11th of 2021. So it's, it's yep. been a minute. I mean, obviously you and I have been in contact since then. Oh uh, uh, but... yeah,
1: yeah, no, we, a, a good friendship came out of it. I, yes. I, I'm, uh, it was definitely um, really beneficial to me. Ma- same yeah.
0: here, same here. You, oh, I've yeah. had a lot of interesting benefits come from being friends with you, and it's been wonderful actually. Um, I'm amazed at how much. So w- when, I, when I had you on last time, you were pretty much a resin guy. You really didn't do much of anything else that wasn't resin. You were resin, 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 resin. And you got known as the resin guy, and people come to expect that you're going to do resin-related projects. But over that time, I mean, it's, it's amazing how many other things you've started to explore. Um, your your second channel is way bigger than it was then. I don't even. I think you had just started your I second, just channel started I had you second
1: channel. when you Yeah, I mean resin. I don't. I've done been doing resin for a lot of years, and mm. it was just one of the crafts that I used to do. Um, and in fact, my resin the the, the little room that I use or the studio I use for resin used to be my crafting studio completely. Mm. So I used to do a bit of resin. Used to do. A lot of crafting i've always done lots of other crafts and 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 love them it was it came down to when i thought to myself right i want to do this as a youtube channel i need to niche down i don't want at this stage to be one day doing resin so people watch my channel and then for another two or three weeks there's no resin on it because that's not what they want they want one thing and they want to they learn want a steady it. diet
0: of things absolutely yeah.
1: So that's why I did it. So in the background, I was always doing my other crafting for myself, like 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 we were talking before. I always love to make things out of other things and upcycle. And I've always liked to try new crafts and things like that. And then I just thought to myself, once the resin channel got to a good size, um, I thought to myself, yeah, I'm going to set up a channel now. I don't care if that if the second channel does well or not um it's not about that what it's about for me is just enjoying it and showing that you know crafting for me is so important art and Mm -hmm. craft is so important so that that's really why but yeah I've always kind of done it in the background um just behind the channel
0: (laughs) it's it blows my mind sometimes watching you and I think one of the reasons that you and I click as friends is because we learn very similarly um, we are, and I know Jazzy uses this term a lot, and I still don't know if it's a real term or, or not. Kinesthetic learner. Yes, he uses that term all the time, and I'm not. Is it a real term or it is it a made term, up? Yeah,
1: kinesthetic learner. When I was uh, working at the university um, as director of learning and teaching, um, we used to we used to we didn't use that term in front of students, but it was a term that was bandied about. Uh, we call it um, work-based learning or task-based learning. So people Mm -hmm. would learn by doing. And that is certainly, I I can read how to do something. sure, And not that I read instructions very often, but I really should. But if I have a go at it or I see somebody else doing it and I do it at the same time as somebody else is doing it, I learn much quicker.
0: Oh yeah, I've and so for me, I've been doing a lot lately with gold le- with foil leafing. I'm not even gonna call it gold leafing because I've a little bit of everything. And what I've learned is like, you know, the first it took a really long time for me to try it for the first time. I was really scared like I'm going to screw this up. It's going to look terrible. It's going to be a waste of my time. But then just one day I was like, you know what? Screw it. Just do it. And I made one of the coolest art pieces I've ever made ever with my first attempt at gold leafing. And I'm like, okay, I know how to do this now. Like I, there's definitely things on it that I would have improved a hundred percent. But it was that first, that first dabble into it. It was like, Oh, I, and you know, I got all this confidence from watching other people do it, but I didn't fully understand what I was doing until I did it. And I screwed some of it up and I messed and I wasn't happy with some of it. And the rest of it, I was like super happy with like, but I learned so much doing it. And I realized that like, I kind of, I am a kinesthetic learner because I did, you know, if you look at the most recent piece I just did, which will be on my Instagram, probably by the time this episode goes live, because I just finished it this morning. I finished gluing it together. Um, I just had to do some detail work on it, but the, the leaf work on it is, it's really good. Like I'm, I'm even looking at it going, I can see the evolution of the skill as I've done it more. And that's because I was doing it, not because I was sitting there going, "Okay, I have to read how to make this better." It's like, no, just keep doing it until it gets better. Just keep doing it until
1: it gets better. The two, I think, the two were no, there's three things. Three worst enemies of leaf working are not using the right glue, Mm -hmm. because you need a good leaf glue. It doesn't have to be expensive leaf glue, glue, but you need a good a good leaf glue that is going to stay (laughs) sticky, (laughs) sticky once it's dry. The second problem with leafing is never trying it and having a yeah. having a go and not having a go because you think, "Oh, I'm going to mess this up." And the third one is static. Okay, the yeah. biggest enemy of yes. the leafing is static. That stuff sticks
0: to everything. everything. It's amazing. Everything. These little metal, these little thin. If you think anyone who thinks glitter sticks everywhere, it's try it's leafing.
1: <laughs> try it's leafing. I mean I I and, and don't throw away all your scraps either I scoop all my scraps into a pot and then Oh I I then do things like this this is this is resincrete uh-huh. that I poured that I wanted to leaf, so I just used all like my scraps and things on it and Perfect. I love it
0: Perfect yeah I've been do- so what I've been doing is like I'll work on something and if it's not quite working out if it's not quite working out then I will no grab the i'll grab the leaf scraps and use that as patches whenever i can Absolutely. because you can really you can really get away with patching leaf over oh, itself really yeah. well like you can't tell it's it's amazing no. stuff no, it's so much well. fun too because it just it just it adds a bit of class and it's making me it's like so the piece that i put on my wall and i, I i'll show it in the video as we're talking about the piece I did on my wall, mm-hmm. I laser, in, I laser, I scored the masking on a piece of acrylic, and then mm-hmm. in, where I took the uh, masking away, I painted with the with the gilding glue, and I just laid yeah. the sheets on and brushed it, and then peeled away all the masking, and it left it like I had masked off the leafing, and I didn't even know you could do that. I just tried it. Like yeah. if I had read, I couldn't find anyone that was doing. Like I know what yeah. I did, and I can't find anyone that did it. But yeah. it's it's such a <laughs> it's, fun it's such a thing to do perfect. that I put yeah, off doing for so
1: long. It was so dumb use, of me. And if you use the metal leaves rather than the glue the gold leaf, it is so inexpensive as well. It is yeah. not expensive at all. And you get the, so many different colours. That's the lovely thing about it.
0: Yeah, it's made me it's made me want to do like I've been doing these Hamzas, mm-hmm. um and they are just turning out beautiful. I figured out my my buddy at New York Woodworks, Big Al Schultz gave me a Hamza file. Um, he made small ones. And I was like, well, I'm just going to make this into giant wall art. So I took this little thing that he gave me, the sample. He's like, hey, here's the thing. I was like, can I have that file? But he gave me the, the small one. And it was, I don't know, three, three and a half inches. So what, 80 mm-hmm. millimeters? And I took it. <laughs> I took it. I made it 13 inches. <laughs>
1: <Yeah. So
0: laughs> it's gigantic. But it looks so cool when you put leaf on it or you do a cool painting treatment like Mm. the most recent one i did a blue backer for it and i dry brushed silver acrylic over the blue so there's streaks of silver and then i silver leafed the cutout part and i attached them together Mm. and i'm just making this stuff and i'm like where is this coming from this is so much fun i want to just do this all the time and I feel like a little kid that discovered a new toy. Like you, I went into my closet and I found a toy I haven't played with for a while, and now it's the only toy I want to play with.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I (laughs) I know that feeling really well because when I'm when I you make something, I have to stop myself on this channel on on the second channel, then doing the next ten videos on that one thing (laughs) because I'm like, I just (laughs) I just want to do it all the time.
0: You're treating your crafting the way the way um, Facebook and Instagram treat your um, your likes. Like if you like an if you like something on Facebook or Instagram, they figure it's the only thing you ever want to see again. Absolutely. And they never do Absolutely. Else.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I have to be very very careful uh, about uh, doing that because if not, for the next ten um, resin videos would all be on the new UV resin, the high viscosity stuff that I've discovered. Oh.
0: Can and I just and tell how you? that
1: works and, and all the different things that you can do on that. And, and that would just get boring, but I love using it. And in the second channel, it would all be about my own recipe for air dry clay, the different ones that I've made and mm-hmm. how to use those because I've just, I've made so much of it in the last couple of weeks because I've made so many different projects with it. It's just, I've got to stop now and go on to something else.
0: One of the things I love about, one of the things I love about you and the content you make is that it's not just project-based content. Sometimes you do make just reference content. And what I love about it is you just did a video. I just literally just watched it either Friday or yesterday about the different types of UV resin and what to use them for. And I actually have... A bunch of those already, which is funny because I was like, I know I have them, I'm just not hundred percent sure when to use what. You make great reference content sometimes, where it's like, this is a good thing to just know that. Oh yeah, Steve made a video about this. I got to find it. In fact, a lot of the chatter in the group sometimes is, I know Steve made a video about this. What what video was that? Can can someone help me find it? Because you do you do a lot of stuff that's not just like, hey, this is a project I made. Sometimes it's hey, this is the crappy resin you're not supposed to use because it's trash.
1: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And I think even though those videos don't tend to get the higher views, which they don't actually, it's not about that for me. It's about, it's always been about for me being honest and open with my, um, with my subscribers and with my viewers and helping them as well, helping them see what I use and why I use it and why I choose what to use what I use. And I thought to myself, you know, there are these four UV resins out there that Mm. I'm aware of and they all have very different jobs. But how many people know that they're out there and how many people know that by just using the correct UV resin, you're actually going to get a far nicer dome or a flat level surface or whatever. So that's why I do that because I want to pass on and help people, really. I, I want to encourage people to keep crafting rather than encourage people to maybe use something that they didn't get a good result from because they, it wasn't their fault. It was the product that they were using um, and then give up. I, I would hate that to happen.
0: Well, it's be, it's become obvious the more I know you and the more I watch your your process and the more you talk about the videos even before you release them in the group mm. That your process isn't just here. Here's a cool thing, and that's it. No, you you go not. through. I remember when you were testing the different resins, yeah. and you were like, and you are like, yeah, I've been. These have been. This test has been going on for six months, and it's like, yeah. what? Six <laughs> yeah. months. And in fact, I think it ended up being when you finally re- did it. It was like eight months from when you eight started.
1: Months. Yeah, I started. It, I I wanted to make sure it got through the summer. Uh, because that was really important as well, because I wanted to see what happened with some UV light on some of the resins. Um, from starting that video, planning it was actually a 10-month process, because I wanted people to really see. So I, I had the idea, I ordered the resins, which obviously weren't cheap either, because I had to order, I think I ordered eight different resins. I know
0: one of those brands wasn't cheap because I have, well, had some of it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. uh, I mean, I'm not going to mention the brand on here because that wouldn't be fair. And I did mention it in the video. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, it's one of the most expensive brands out there. And it came out Mm -hmm. the worst out of all the categories that I did. So from the beginning to the end, yeah, it was about 10 months from planning to final filming and final edit. But I did that because I know so many people that start resin for the very first time. Go for that brand, and it is the most expensive brand I think that's out there of a craft resin. I think brand.
0: I think it actually is the most expensive yeah. brand by a mile.
1: It. it yellows really quickly. It creates lots of bubbles. You can't cast with it. It, it never really cure. cures. It does it not cure. I,
0: and and okay, so I had it. It was the first resin I ever bought. Mm. I had it. I me. I was. Uh, ha- and me. I was happy with how clear it was. One thing it does do, it does get really clear. I can't even argue that it gets beautifully clear, but I never quite got that nice hard texture from it. And I always thought like, am I just dumb? Like, and sometimes you know what you think you are. So my next step after that was one that makers love, which is total boat. And we, I mean, makers total boat is like ubiquitous in the maker community. Yeah. And I, the first time I used it, I got, perfect results and i'm like okay i'm clearly not an idiot maybe this isn't as good as every influencer was telling me it is so then i tried i tried the j diction stuff Mm. and again perfect results on the first try and i'm like okay clearly clearly it's not me like it and you have that moment where you just feel like vindicated but if you don't know that there's somebody else out there who grabbed this resin off the shelf because they had also heard it was really good and they've also failed, you would get that, you'd fail at it, and you'd be instantly
1: discouraged by it. Absolutely, and that's why I did that that video, um, certainly, with that that took so long. And unfortunately, it's because some of these companies put an awful lot of money behind their um, the creator community. They, they'll sponsor videos. Now, I'm not saying I don't take sponsorship, because believe me, I do. It's one of the ways that mm-hmm. I can keep going. But I have a hard and fast rule with any person that wants to sponsor me something with something that's new is, yes, you must send it to me and you must send it to me free of charge. And before I even promise to make any sort of video on it, I need to test it. I'm currently doing that with two polyurethane resins that are available in the States at the moment through a company. And they sent me that stuff probably two months ago and that will take me another probably two months, three months before I'll get back to them. Because if they want to sponsor me, I'm not going to be sponsored for a product that I think is an absolute load of rubbish. And I I would say that a good 50 or 60% of companies that send me stuff um, don't get to have a sponsored video or listed on it. And this is what I do with it. <laughs> I turn it into blocks and I use these blocks as weight. And these are two resins that failed the test. Look how yellow they are. And these yeah. are made from deep poor resins.
0: Yeah, what are you supposed to do with that? If you make an art project out of that, that would just be a complete fail. There
1: was one company that sent me a resin that was absolutely, and this again was another art resin company, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't, I refuse to use their resin in any of my videos, even though it doesn't go yellow. It's a not, it's a deep pour resin, but it's full, absolutely full of bubbles.
0: It's not even clear it at all.
1: It's bubbles. So. That, again, I said, no, I'm sorry. So I just make blocks out of them and use them for weights when I'm gluing cardboard and things.
0: That's the perfect thing to do with it. I mean, you're just using it in bulk at that point. And I, I actually completely understand that because why waste it? It's You can't just throw it in the garbage. You're not
1: supposed to do that. So Absolutely. And, you know, what? so I'm very, very careful about anybody who well, wants to sponsor a video for me. People who have used your st- – so
0: it's interesting because – You're one of the few people who I look at and go, if he's saying this, I know what it went through because I've bought a lot of the stuff that you've talked about or that that you've used – that you've had as a sponsor. And in fact, just recently, it's really funny that we're talking about this now because literally just this past Wednesday – I started a project and I'd never used, I bought your art kit when it came out. I bought it as soon as it was available in the States. I bought it the day it became available because it was like, I know I have a lot of this stuff, but this will be some nice little supply, like gap filler type supplies. And one of the things in the box was the J diction, um, the low, it's the classic or the low viscosity, whichever it is. The classic, the classic. Yeah, it's the classic.
1: um, UV resin. Yeah. And I
0: had never used theirs before. The brand I've been using for years, basically, it's not available anymore. It was just a small Chinese brand. It was very good. I've made a lot of stuff with it. I bought probably about six bottles of it over the last four years. Like, it's really good stuff, but it's not around anymore. So I'm, I've been on the hunt for a new one. And when I started the um, – it's a stained glass Hamza. It's basically made to – it's a, the same cutout Hamza I've been using, but I've been, I'm filling all the gaps with dyed UV resin. To make it look like stained glass, and that was my—that was what I wanted to do. So I started working on it. I've been really happy with it. But one of the things I was most happy with was how well this stuff cures with ink in it, because if you're not worked with UV resin, it doesn't usually like to have anything in it at all—anything no, that dist- anything that distorts light that could can affect the curing process. And for some reason, this stuff with alcohol inks, and obviously you have to be very sparse with how much you put in. Yeah. But it really is like wow, and it cures like a rock with the yeah. light that your kid comes with. Which, by the way, I always yeah. mock these little lights, and I've had yeah. a bunch of them, and I've thrown a bunch of them away because they're too. trash. This one, by some freaking miracle,
1: actually works. <laughs> well, it, it's not kind of yeah. I can see how you'd think it was a miracle because I was absolutely, <laughs> I was absolutely like you. I had so many of those small little lamps before and chucked them out. So. But when we, when I approached Jay Diction about doing a kit for me, I said I need to test every single thing that you're putting in this kit, and mm-hmm. I tested probably ten of those little lamps before we sat terrible. on one that worked because they just don't work normally. So the little lamp that comes in my kit, it came in my kit. I think it's. I'm, I always said I want the kit to be a limited run. I don't want this to be something that goes on and on and on. I wanted it to be a limited run, and it, it, it was, and it completely sold out in the UK, and I think we doubled the amount that we had in America, and we, I think there's 40 kits left now, that's it, in America, to be sold. So when we went, uh, absolutely, that UV lamp was, <laughs> there was so much time and effort went into that as when well. I, when,
0: when I think about that kit, so... That kit was what,
1: $40 U.S., $45 U.S.? It saved you about, I think it was a saving of about $20 if you were to buy those things separately.
0: Just on the things that I've gotten from that kit that I actually will use. I know I'm going to use them. There were the leaf flakes, which are useful to me. Yeah. The lamp, which I never thought I would use, but it was the only thing I had to, I mean, my UV torch is powerful, but it's not as fast. Yeah. And then the, the resins, the J Diction resin and the J Diction UV resin and the little mixing vessels, the tiny yep. ones that you can pour from. I was like, okay, that's the value of the kit right there. Yeah. And absolutely. it's funny, I see a lot of these, I see a lot of these kits, and it's like, that's just 90% filler, which is fine too, because I have to remember that a lot of times these kits are going to people that don't have a bunch of stuff. I happen to have a bunch of stuff, so it's yeah. always going to be duplicated. But the duplicates are actually like the, um, the pin vice that you put in the kit is actually better than the pin vice I've been using. Like it's, it's more substantial. It feels nicer in the hand. It holds the bits better. I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to use this one from now on.
1: For me, it was all about making sure the quality was there. And it, it took mm-hmm. us about six – I think it was about six months to put the kit together from start to – from me proposing it to, to it actually coming out. The other thing is what I wanted was, I have seen so many art kits. I, I saw one recently and I, I and they sold out as well. And it was a molding kit for Plaster of Paris. And it had one mold in it, a bag of Plaster of Paris and a couple of other things. And it was on sale for $90. And you could have bought that, you could have purchased all that stuff probably for about $25, $30. But because it had this particular person's name on, it sold out really, really well. And it was just, a ripoff, to be honest, and I wanted to make sure that my kit was good value for money and saved you money. And yeah, and I learned that actually from Jazza because I bought a couple of Jazza's kits. In fact, I probably yeah. have one beside me now. his drawing kits and pen kits, and they are always exceptional value. Now, you're not yeah. being robbed. You're giving. You're providing something that's not only of quality, but is also giving you good value for money. And I think that's what a kit should be about.
0: It must, be, it must be pretty rewarding because the amount of work that goes into sourcing the supplies and sourcing the tools and figuring out where the stuff has to come from. And then you get people that make something with and go, I made this all out of the stuff I got from your kit. This stuff is amazing. And I, I feel bad because I, I'll, I'm probably never going to make something just from the stuff in your kit, but I've used so much of the stuff in that kit. Like it was just such a nice bunch of filler tools. It's like – Oh good, an extra one of these, but this UV resin made me realize, like, oh, this is my new UV resin now and the you know, the bottles of J Diction resin. You know, because honestly, when you started talking about J Diction, I'm like, Oh great, another resin brand, here we go. And I started using, I'm like, no, this is actually really good. Like,
1: oh, okay. Cool. I was looking you know. for a new resin brand, um, and, I, and I kind of fell into J Diction and T Expert as well. I like, I really like the T Expert stuff, and I like to have more than one brand that I work in with because I like to buy it whichever one has got the best discount at the time, or who will or offer in case, new like the best.
0: In best my stuff. case, one of them just goes away, like they're just a small Absolutely. brand, that just vanishes. Well, so like, what do you do? Like
1: more So well, I fell into J Diction. I need some UV resin for project, Man. I was quite anti UV resin prior to that because I've never had a good experience with it. Always cured up sticky or or didn't cure or there was problems with it so I thought I need it for this project I'll buy this I bought it and I loved it and I contacted them straight away and said you know what this is this is who I am you probably have never heard of me um but I just want to let you know how much I have enjoyed using your um your resin and it really did what I needed it to do and everything and and left it and didn't expect to hear back from them but i just wanted to tell them i was so pleased that it worked and then they contacted me and said um oh thank you you know we've looked at your youtube channel and all that w- you know would you like me to send you some more stuff so i said oh yes please i never was i know to the free stuff I, don't, I never never promised to make them a video or anything like that and then so they sent me some of their resin their epoxy resin and i used it a couple of times i thought yeah do you know this is good stuff too and I tried it out, and and I used it, and that so, and I kind of stuck to it, uh, because it's it's not only good value for money, it's good quality stuff, and that's what's important to me.
0: Exactly, I think that's I think that's one thing that you do better than a lot of the crafting and you know crafting channels, especially crafting in particular, not as much making because making is more like you have your tools, here's the materials. Crafting yeah. is very different. Crafting, you're always buying stuff, always hundred yeah. percent. You're always buying molds, you're always buying tools, you're always buying supplies, you're always buying consumables, you're always buying stuff. One of the things you do, clearly you do it consciously because it can't be a fluke, is it's not just value for money, but it's making it approachable. Because yeah. you're not you're not buying, you know, seventy dollar sets of paintbrushes. No, and i readily admit that I have a 70 dollar set of paintbrushes no. but I also understand that that's not everybody's world like they don't want to spend seventy dollars on a set of paint yeah. but you you manage to you manage to source out good stuff that's not just good but also makes crafting approachable for people that
1: and know, i think that's what it's about very much and you're right it is a conscious decision for me it's um it is about making it. Uh, accessible to as many people as possible because i know that you know at the moment and especially over the last couple of years people just haven't had the money to be able to spend on something that gives them pleasure so i'm quite happy to use i mean i've got a box full here and all these were purchased by me my paint brushes i one of the shops near me was closing down so, I went and bought them out of paintbrushes and they're $1. fifty a set. Okay. So, we were talking about $1.75 a set. I love these mm. paintbrushes. I use them all the time. They're not quality paintbrushes, but they do the job and they do it well. And they're disposable. You know, Who most cares? Can find that sort of stuff.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. I I will say, I will say, my my friend Al, New York Woodworks, is, um I'm readily going to admit that he's a jerk face. And the right. reason he's a jerk face is because I went up to I went up to him one weekend to help him work on a project for a client. And I got to use really expensive paintbrushes. And I will say that I understand, like I have cheap ones too, and I use yeah. them just as much. But man, once you use a set of nice brushes, it's like, oh wow. Oh
1: absolutely. Of course it is it's like using really nice, like you said earlier, really nice acrylic paint or using yeah. real gold leaf instead of the the faux uh, metal leaf um yeah it is but if you're making something for yourself or you're just or you're suffering from any sort of anxiety or depression or anything like that and you just want to create to give yourself that peace of mind you can do it on a budget you know i could have bought the castle i showed you earlier i could have bought expensive craft board for that i could have bought all the all the expensive things to make that and made that castle it probably wouldn't have looked any better than what it looks but it probably would have been easier to make but do you know what? No, I had loads of Amazon boxes that I cut up, glued together, moved around, and I made the whole thing out of recycled material. Oh, because for think- me, it's about it, that. Made, it didn't cost me anything to make.
0: Well, I think that's what some like your channel. I think that's kind hmm. of what it naturally encourages by the way you've done it. Where it's like, yeah, you can pamper yourself. No, and you, uh, you know, you're not against like throwing a couple of bucks at something that's better no. because it's better, but. It's like, don't let don't let buying the best be the only way you're gonna get into something. Just buy whatever you can afford and make the best of it, learn with it, ruin it, screw it up, and figure out figure out this because like when you're woodworking is a good example. Woodworking is the perfect example. Everyone thinks you need to start out with the best tools possible to get the best results. No, you need to start out with something so that you can start learning how to do the stuff. Once you know how to do the stuff really well, you will figure out where the investment needs to go first. And absolutely. those investments are going to be much smarter than just throwing a lot of money into a shop you don't know how to use anything in.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I totally agree. And and you also are, are more freer to experiment if you know that you're not going to ruin something that's just cost you a lot of money as well. Be more I use, with it.
0: I use my cheap brushes for gilding glue. Yeah, because it's like why? Why would I, I'm never, i never? Pr- my expensive brushes will never touch gilding glue. No. My cheap ones, uh, yeah, all day long. Let's go. <laughs> you yeah. know, and I keep them like I even got to the point where I have this one brush that I've always used for the gilding glue. It yeah. goes in the drawer next to the glue. That's the one I use for that. I don't even yeah, care that absolutely. it's not with the rest I mean, of I, them anymore. I, I'm
1: fortunate. I like you. I do have a set of, um. Expensive brushes. I also have a, a set of expensive. I don't know why, but I have a set of expensive palette knives <laughs> as
0: well. <laughs> why not?
1: Um, and you know, and I do have a set of expensive brushes, and and they are meticulously looked after. They're not left in water overnight. I wash them out. I clean them out. I condition them every couple of times I've used them, um, so that the because they're real bristle. Um, so I always condition them as well. Um, and they, and they look lovely and they've kept well, but the other ones I just chuck in a pot, I might go back to them in a couple of days time, rinse them out, clean them out, wash them out and then reuse them. And, you know, to me, that's, that's great. I love it.
0: Yeah, it's, I, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Cause you, you, when you realize you don't need to spend stupid amounts of money on stupid things that you think you need, you start to have the money when you need to make the upgrades or when you need to do something. That's a little, that's a little more important to spend the money on. Like one of the things that you really can't get cheap stuff and get good results is molds. And I see a lot of people, they'll go on Amazon, they'll buy, you know, like, Oh, I got this excellent assortment of molds for six bucks. And it's like, that's not a good deal. Like, I don't even need to see them to know it's probably not a good deal, but you know, save your money on the resin, save your money on the glitter, save your money on even the inks and pigments don't try to save
1: your money on the molds. The mold,
0: Good quality molds are a very different thing.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Because a good quality mold, you will get a lot longer life out of it. You'll get the finish that you're looking for. It, it makes a big difference. I mean, there was a lot of Chinese import molds that were happening um, for quite a while that were, like you say, that were, that were really, really cheap. Garbage. But, yeah, you, but you could only get two or three castings out of them and then they'd gone dull. And you could only get... Or they'd rip, or um, they'd mark. And they all, like de- really? every
0: one that I ever bought, deformed. Every what? single yeah. one, deformed. Even the flat ones. Usually the flat ones are like safe, because they're, they're flat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even those over time just deformed. And it got to the point where I was like, all right. If I'm going to buy a mold, I'm going to hold it in my hand. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to make sure yeah. it's got some size to it. I'm, if it's trash, I'm just sending it back. Like some, If you could do the squidgy-widgey without any effort, then it's not worth doing this. It's not Absolutely. worth it. It's not a good mold.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, you... Yeah, I totally agree.
0: You've done a lot you've done a lot for crafters and YouTubers who want to well crafters really crafters who want to be YouTubers but crafters who want to start a business and I've noticed that a lot of the posts in the group aren't just people who are making the stuff that you make or this, you know stuff that's tangential to the stuff that you make but it's also people who are wanting to start a craft business or people who want to try to turn it into a side income and I've noticed particularly recently A lot of the stuff, especially when you do jewelry videos, you know, you talk about that you sell stuff like this and I'm just, is that, is that a passion for you to teach people how to make it into a business as much as it is how to do the crafting or?
1: I think it's, I think it's a passion for me to empower people. I like empowering Mm -hmm. people to have, um, to take control of their own lives if possible. And I think all the years that I worked as a associate professor at the university, Obviously, in a business school, specialising in small business management, micromanagement, um, and micro businesses, it it taught me that with a little bit of encouragement, with a little bit of support, these people can go on and do some great things. And I've done that through consultancy as well. So yeah, it was it is a passion of mine to do it, but it's but it's about empowering people. And if I can pass my knowledge on, and I, you know, I I. I think i mentioned this before in your previous in the previous podcast i did when i first started doing resin and sharing all these secrets i got a lot of hate from other resiners that have youtube channels and channels then you're giving too much information away you're giving too many secrets away don't stop doing that and it's like no i'm not gonna stop doing it i'm not gonna stop helping people <laughs> it's why what i why i set up a channel so yeah i um I want to help people because people are needing now to be, to at least cover their expenses or make a bit of profit on the stuff they're making to allow them to go and buy some more stuff and carry on creating. And if me helping them from a business standpoint can do that, then brilliant. That that to me is worthy. It gives me it personally. It gives me reward as well. I mean, I like I said to you before. I'm writing a course that uh, I am going to get out soon on how to set up crafting business and Mm -hmm. how to make, how to avoid catastrophe, if possible. (laughs) So, um, and how to make it happen quicker than what perhaps it would happen if you didn't have that knowledge. But yeah, that is important to me. Vincent, I think,
0: I, th- I think the, the key of the key of having knowledge, like having knowledge that dies with you is kind of useless. Yeah, You know, we happen to be lucky. We're not in a time anymore where the village elder has all the village history in his head. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't take someone under his wing and teach them the, the history that it dies, I think we're very lucky in that regard where our knowledge can long outlive us. And when people think about the legacy that they're going to leave on the world, they always think of what building am I going to build or, Mm -hmm. you know, what Mm -hmm. money am I going to have or what thing am I going to leave to the world? Well, you know what? We all have some knowledge to teach people. And if that's what we leave to the world, then, Hey, that's pretty damn good because most people come and go from the world and you never know they were there. So if you can make an impact on a couple, even a small group of people, I think it's a wonderful thing, and I never realized that until, I, until the podcast ended back in August, mm. and people started telling me how much of an impact this show had on them, and I was like, okay, maybe, it's, maybe, I, should, maybe I should bring it back. Maybe I should bring it back, because yeah. it obviously matters to more than just me. It's not just something I do
1: you know, I because I enjoy
0: you- it. It's something that's having an effect.
1: Absolutely. And I think it would be for me not to share the information that I have. And people do with that information as they wish. You know, they don't have to agree with me. They don't have to accept it. They don't have to act on it. But without me doing that and and the knowledge that I've got has been gained over experience over many, many years, education over many, many years, research, it would be irresponsible of me and absolutely selfish, really selfish of me. Not to support that. You know, I, I get emails from other YouTubers that are just starting out or growing their channel, or at uh, thirty thousand views and things, uh, thirty thousand subscribers, saying, you know, what am I doing? What what would you think I could do better, or or, or how would you do, make changes? And I will always help them. They're not competition to me. There's millions of YouTube channels out there. One more isn't going to make any difference to me. And yeah. I still accept support. I don't get it right. I, I I've got so much to learn. And the only way I can learn that is either by learning it through doing, which is what I do, or watching others and how they do it and learning that way. And, you know, I, I don't care if people use my ideas or, and, and things like that or make what I make and make a video on it. That's fine, too. Do you know what I mean? I can't put stuff out into the public domain and not expect it to be used and copied and things like that. And I don't have an issue with that, where I know some YouTubers do.
0: That's the growth mentality, right? Because you don't have a fixed, you don't have a fixed pie in your mind with no. information. Inform, and information's not a fixed pie. God, how many times? And and just, you know, if if you're if you're questioning my logic here, anyone who's questioning my logic as you're listening or watching this, just think about it this way, right? If everything was fixed, then there would be no advancement, right? right. Everything would be like this is the piece, this is the knowledge. We stop here, right? But the fact that every time you try something, most people learn something new every day, at least in the creative spaces. There's always something new to learn, right? If you're learning something new that frequently, you already understand why there's always room for somebody else. Because if you're learning something new, then everything hasn't been learned already. Absolutely. (laughs) That's... As long as everything hasn't been learned
1: already, there's space for you in the world and you can bring something new. One of the common things I used to get from my students if I used to set an assignment would be, you know, in the old days when we used to do essays, and I moved away from essay writing many, many years ago because I just felt it was not a great way of learning. You've set this question, how on earth am I going to um, write two and a half thousand words on this subject? So, I, I, I and I heard this a lot from one particular group. So, I said to them one day, I said, Right, come on, we're going on a field trip. And they, they were really excited. They thought we were going on this big real field trip. <laughs> and I took them to the library. And I mm-hmm. took them to the library and I showed them the section in the library about um, issues surrounding startup businesses and why mm-hmm. these were important to, to understand. And I showed them this whole long row and racks and racks of books. Okay, there's probably a good thousand books in there on that rack, and I said each one of those books is different. Each one of those books comes from a different perspective, and each one of those books has probably got about between thirty and eighty thousand words in it. So why can't you write two and a half thousand words on it? Do you do you think everything that's been said has been said? There is nothing else more. There's nothing more to say, or no new approach to this, or no new angle. And that really hit home to a lot of them. Do you know what I mean? They say, "Yeah, actually, you're right. You're right."
0: Take take out a piano. Look at a piano. There's 88 yeah. keys. So yeah. what? There's
1: only 88 songs. Yeah, exactly. You know?
0: yeah. There's a lot of songs that can be written with those exactly. 88 keys. You know, it's it's it's, and I think that, you know, we all you you know people like you and I like we say this kind of stuff, and I know that there's certain people who go, "All right, we get it," but. It's important to remember because sometimes you'll feel like, you know, the the joke is, you know, you you're bored, okay, cool, and you know, some somebody say, oh yeah, no, I totally reached the end of the internet today because I had nothing to do and I'm just yeah. bored, 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 and I get it, I I totally get it, but there's always something out there, there's always something out there, and there's there's a voice that needs to be heard, and you know what, sometimes that voice might be yours,
1: yeah, so keep talking.
0: Absolutely. Keep talking. Um, Why don't we talk about some things of the week? Because we both have some interesting things this week, and yours is definitely interesting.
1: So, my thing of the week this time, I I racked my brains over this. It's a hairdryer, it's just a cheap (laughs) hairdryer. This one cost me £6.99. So, we're talking about $8. And I was racking my brain. It has two speeds. Oh, it's not on, but it has two speeds warm or even warmer. (laughs) <laughs> that's what it has um, and I was wrecking my brain I went through a lot of different things I thought yeah my glue bottle that's my thing no that's not in my spray bottle no that's not my thing my new scalpel no that's not my thing I thought what have I used a lot this week and actually it is the hair dryer because like you kind of alluded to earlier it does so many different things mm-hmm. it dries paint for a start if you've, if, you've, if you've painted something and you want it to dry it will dry it if you want to remove sticky labels off a glass jar, you warm it up with a hairdryer first. It'll peel off. If you want to blow off, <laughs> like on this, when I made my castle, I put my artificial grass down. It, there was bits of it everywhere. I needed to get rid of it. So I just used my hairdryer and it cleared it all up really, really quickly. It, it does so much. I want, I made something with some hot glue. I joined a couple of pieces together with hot glue and I thought, oh, that's not quite the right angle. Oh, what am I gonna do now? I heated the hot glue up with the hairdryer, bent it back into shape, let it dry, it was done. My, I love my tool of the week. I use it I, there isn't a day goes by where I don't use the hairdryer for some crafting thing or other. Love it. Hairdryers,
0: hair dryers. it's interesting you mention a hairdryer because literally right before we recorded, I was using I have a I have a heat gun mm-hmm. and I made I had a cheaper heat gun. And it's fine. It's actually in my wood shop because it's good enough for there. But for here, I needed one with like fine control and a fan. So 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 I bought this.
1: Is it one like this? So you can go from zero to.
0: Yes, very similar, but it's all digital. Same. It's a Wagner one also. Yeah. And I went crazy because I'm like, you know what? I use this enough. Again, this is that experience thing. I use the heat gun enough where it's worth it for me to invest in a really yeah. good one with precise controls right but once you start using it you're like okay this thing does a lot like you were saying takes labels off it's so good for drying paint you don't even understand like especially i was working in my shop in my wood shop with spray paint and i was in like a hurry hurry like i needed to like go 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 and i was like well let's give this a go and i sprayed something with black spray paint And I hit it with the heat gun, and I think two passes with the heat gun, and the paint was dry and cured. Because what people don't realize is paint cures better the hotter it gets.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And it's like, okay, there we go. So, yeah, that hair dryer, perfect for 99.9% of people that aren't neurotic people that feel like they need an expensive heat gun, especially resin bubbles. Most resin projects, it's excellent heat is excellent at drawing bubbles out even if if you don't want to take the risk with fire and a long neck yeah. lighter which by the way I have a lifetime supply of long neck lighters yeah.
1: now thanks to you <laughs> never, um, never always a lighter never,
0: never, light never a
1: torch <laughs> absolutely <laughs>
0: That's funny. As every time I grab one, I say the same thing. It's yeah. like always a light and never a torch. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a, that's a good one. A hairdryer, you know, and especially considering, like God, if you're really, really strapped for cash, go to the goodwill. You'll probably find at Absolutely. least one or two yeah. sitting yeah. on the shelf there
1: for two bucks. So yeah, excellent. So that is, that is definitely my thing of the week. So what is yours? My
0: thing of the week is something
1: that's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: actually last week for the first time played with something that you showed on your channel and I was very much interested because a little background for people that are not in the United States, because I know that if I have Steve on, we get a lot of people from the UK listening in particular. Um, jesmonite, which is a really cool substance, is just not a thing in the United States. It's not. I mean, I, everybody I've ever seen that worked extensively with Jesmonite works, um, lives in Europe. And I'm pretty sure there's some kind of import problem getting it into the United States. You have to kind of, you know, get that in there, you know, sneak it into the United States. And there are people on Etsy selling small boxes of it, the kit, you know, and it's just super expensive. So unless you're really dedicated to it, it's not worth it. So Steve showed a couple of couple a couple of weeks ago on his channel um, a new product called Resincrete, and I finally last week got to try it, and this stuff is. Freaking magic. It's basically, it's a powder that you mix with water to the consistency of heavy cream or what they call in England double cream. And you basically have, I don't know how to describe it. It kind of comes out like a cross between plastic and porcelain. It's the best kind of explanation I can come up with it. It's got the most perfect consistency. And in fact, when I used it the first time, I didn't make enough to fit the mold and i immediately whipped up a second batch and poured it in right on top there's no seam line it fills onto itself beautifully this stuff is freaking magical and i can't wait to play with it some more but definitely check this out if you if you've ever been interested in dabbling in in jesmonite this stuff might actually scratch the itch for you and it's easily available on Amazon and it's relatively cheap. I think it was $40 for the starter kit.
1: Absolutely. But the best way to do it at the moment is go to the description on any of my videos using it because there's a 30% discount on it as well.
0: Oh, there you go. So yeah. So Steve will get you 30% off better than going Amazon. Go to Steve's link. Plus Steve gets a nice little kickback for it too.
1: Yeah. And and the other thing is it's a hundred percent, eco-friendly because it's made just from natural materials and it's so much harder and nicer than plaster paris or any of those sorts of things in cement which i've used a lot of in the past.
0: yeah plaster paris plaster paris as far as structural integrity is not great it looks no. cool but yeah. it, it's very delicate
1: it's very delicate it has oh, its place i you know mm-hmm. I, i've still got a bag of it in here and i will still use it for some things but it has its place but this is a is a lot nicer than last for Paris. I think
0: the finish with no effort on it was that's what blew my mind. Like the, the way it just, it's smooth. And my first attempt at it, there is not a single bubble anywhere. There are no bubbles. Like, I don't understand. I've never, and I even said it in the group when I posted my first picture. I'm like, I don't believe it. This is the first time I've ever nailed something on the first try. It's like, (laughs) I almost want to stop now and just say, no, I had a perfect career with with resin creed. I made one thing and it was perfect, but amazing stuff. It's definitely worth a look.
1: Did you find when you first made it as well, that it became very tactile, that you couldn't stop touching it for after it was cured? I feels... literally
0: have it on my craft table now and every once in a while I pick it up just cuz it's so smooth. Yeah. Like, it, it, feels it's so nice, it? it feels
1: so nice. Feels so nice.
0: And you know what I like since I made um I made a since I had a cup mold and that seemed to be a good fit for it. One of the things I like is when when you flick it with your fingernail. That that sound it makes that it it it's hard to describe. It's not like resin. Resin resin's nice. It has a nice feeling. It looks cool. This is a very different thing. This almost feels like like bakelite. Yeah. That's actually what it feels like. It yeah. feels like bake light. Holy yeah. crap. That's yeah. what I've been trying to think because when you put it in a shiny mold, it comes out as shiny as your mold. Yeah,
1: that's true. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't taste like bakelite though. There's there are videos about
0: bakelite. light. Um, I think Technology Connections did a whole series on what bakelite is, why it's important and why everyone ta- everyone that Steve and my age talks about it.
1: <laughs> it doesn't t- I I used to have this thing when I was a kid about bakelite. And I don't know what it was, but I you I always used to taste it, not eat it, but <laughs> when I was a young kid, it had this peculiar tang to it if you licked it. I mean I, if any of my kids did that when I they were child, when they were children, I would have gone like, No, no, don't do that, don't do that. But you know that, that explains I mean? a lot, Steve. That yeah, I think you're a right. I, I think I'm bakelite adult. I'm not recommending to anybody listening to this to go and lick Bakelite. Please don't, <laughs> don't don't lick it.
0: That explains why there's always glitter around you. You just you're compensating for years of looking <laughs> yeah. bakelite telephones. I think what are you doing? Fine. You're making a phone call? No, I'm just taking a taste. It's fine.
1: Yeah, just taking a little taste. <laughs> yeah, it's a quirky thing when I was a kid. I'm I t- talking about glitter, actually. Um, I was chatting away uh, on you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a glitter freak. I do love anything that's sparkly and shiny. I'm like a magpie with where these things are concerned. Um, you mean you steal you steal it from people? <laughs> <I think laughs> like like it. But Hemway, <laughs> a lovely company, Hemway, and I love their glitters and things like that. They they picked up on this in one of my videos, and this is why it's worth you know, I, it just makes my day when these things happen. They sent me this box massive box of all their glitters and things like that. And it's just like, they didn't want anything in return. I mean, they know I'll use it and I'll mention it, but you know what? It's just lovely when that happens. And, and is members and things, they send me stuff all the time to my PO box and people. my friend,
0: Claire, my friend, Claire Burgess, who's also in the UK. Um, she's a big fan of Hemway glitter. Also. She uses yeah. it in a lot of her projects. Like
1: Claire she's a, I know Claire, a Claire.
0: Claire's crafty corner. Oh
1: right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Class Yeah, yeah. Color.
0: She's yeah. she's a, she's a very close friend of mine, and yeah. she's um she uses their stuff too. Um yeah, yeah, that's a that's a brand I've definitely heard of before. I remember I think the most the most fun I had was when I ordered the um the Stuart Semple, the heavy metal paints. Oh, and I yeah, sent those yeah. out to you in the UK. I was he like I, 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 I was like, Steve, you have to try these. I, I know they're them. insanely expensive, and I know this is totally off-brand yeah. for you, but you have to try these paints. Yeah, and they are. Oh that I've been awesome. playing I've been playing with his color changing paints like he has a couple of color shifting mm-hmm. paints and I mean the man is a, the man's an evil genius. I just got an email yesterday. Um, I just got an email yesterday he just came out with a new orange paint mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh God, another Stuart Semple project that just means I'm gonna have to buy it yeah. I don't even I don't even look to see what it is anymore. It's like, oh, he came out with something new. yeah, buy. Like I just buy it because I'm like, I don't have a need for it now, but I will at some point.
1: I absolutely love those paints you um, sent me. And I have used them now um, so many times. So I'm going to change,
0: I'm going to change your life. I'm going to change your life. Something I want you to get, and I want you to include in a video because I want people to understand how cool it is. Okay. You on Amazon. On Amazon, there are battery-powered airbrushes. And some of them are actually really good. Mm -hmm. Um, I happen to have one that I think is absolutely fantastic. And why I want you in particular to try one. Mm -hmm. When you use that mirror paint, I want you to just put a tiny bit of it straight into the airbrush.
1: Right, okay.
0: And just airbrush with it. I'm telling you, it will change your life. You like shiny, sparkly things. Yeah. That mirror paint in an airbrush is the most amazing thing you've ever seen. I, I'm gonna show you, I gotta find the picture. I have it somewhere. I'll send it to you later. Nice. I have a picture of a resin gummy bear that I made mm-hmm. and when I was testing out this paint. And I just I didn't even prime it. I literally just took the mirror paint out of my air, one of my airbrushes and just airbrushed it. Done. And the end result is incredible. It's absolutely incredible. It looks good brushed on because it does get, it does self-level, but it looks amazing out of an airbrush. Yeah,
1: I'll have to try it. Um, I, have to, I do have an airbrush somewhere. I yeah, used they're great. It. I haven't used it for several years. It is about somewhere, I'm sure.
0: That's why I got the battery operated one because I have a proper one, like a, a whole kit, like a proper. Yeah. I spent a couple of hundred bucks on it, right? And you yeah. know what I use more? I use the battery operated one because it's always charged and on my craft table and ready to take paint.
1: And that's what I. And that's why I don't bother with the other one because I have to pick, a it out, set it up, find it, and
0: I hate cleaning yeah. it. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I hate cleaning it. But other than that, that's the only thing I have to do with this. One. It's it's amazing. So right. you, I you know what else is amazing? You know what else is amazing? The sheer number of people that support this show financially, and those people include Matthew Serio from Artigiano Serio, Big Al Schultz of New York Woodworks, Tori Decker from Tori Did It, Ed Swanson of Ed's Clocks and More, Jake Drews from Make with Jake, Megan Chris from Onyx Designs Woodwork, Christian Neri of Warren Works, Jeff Stein, a.k.a. a weird guy, Kim and Garrett from Kim and Garrett Make It, Rory Langefeld of RLL Woodworks and DIY, Robert J. Keller, Rebecca Cole of Bexy Designs, Brian Arsenault, the Seven Hills Maker, Lars Coleman of Colorado Multicraft, who, according to Al Schultz, and I agree, is an evil genius, Dave Bauer of Dave Bauer Art, Nick Birch told of Birch told design build, Jeremy Spies, Mike of Pixels to Prototype, Donald LeBlanc of Fun with Woodworking, Grant Alexander from the Clamp Podcast, Brad Harrison of Brad's Customs, and Billy Poulton of Poulton Projects. Thank you so much to the people that support this show financially. It is tremendously appreciated. If you can't support the show financially, that's fine too. Share the show, write a review, tell someone about it, turn someone onto it so they'll listen. And that's good for me too. Anything that gets more eyes and ears on this show helps the show tremendously. Sometimes getting more eyes and ears on the show is just about the quality of the guests we have. And I got to be honest with you. I'm getting a little bit I'm getting a little bit mushy here because Steve is one of the coolest people I know. And it has been so cool over the last couple of years to you know go from watching you on YouTube late at night when I couldn't sleep to calling you a friend. But I really do appreciate your friendship and all you've done, you know, for me and for the maker community and crafters and people who are trying to find their way and you know explore their artistic side a little bit you've done so much for so many people and i think i speak for everyone in the group and the people that regularly watch your content when i say that it's just an absolute pleasure to watch someone that's so passionate about what they do and helping other people get into it um it's it's just been absolutely wonderful and i appreciate and i also appreciate you giving me so much time on a the middle of a sunday afternoon and i, I really do appreciate it
1: uh, thank you, uh, Vincent. And I really do appreciate that as well. It's quite, it's very touching. And like I've said to you before, I'll always help you out wherever I ever I can. I always will because I value your friendship as well. And I respect what you're doing here. And I think these podcasts, I listen to your podcasts when I'm crafting and when I'm doing things and I just haven't playing in the background and they, they, they're always so warm, inviting. You always have some great guests on there, so thank you. That's very much appreciated. Thank you.
0: And um, I'm looking forward to. I'm hoping we'll have. I'll have you on again before two years are up. But um,
1: yep, of
0: course. it's it's crazy when I looked because I was like, "Wow, August of 2021—that's like a
1: lifetime ago, basically." <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm actually really surprised how long ago it was. So. Right? Well, um,
0: yeah. But yeah, if people wanted to, if people want to follow you and find out more about you and. How can they get the full Steve McDonald experience?
1: Uh, I think the full Steve McDonald experience is just check out my YouTube channel, and then in the description that will tell you how to link with me via Instagram, via Facebook, how to become a member. You know, or anything, everything that you need is in one of the descriptions of every single one of my videos, yeah, that, including really including
0: better. all the including all the tool links which i really do love yeah. cuz like every once in a while you'll use something in a video i will go wait wait what was that what was that yeah. and i'll i go oh no i need to buy that where's the link where's that the is link? where's the link do
1: you know what that is one of the time consuming things about doing a video uh, editing a video is putting all those links in because i don't just put a link to one site i always put the individual links in and I never mm-hmm. pick the most expensive option either. <laughs> so I always try and get the good value for money for people. And
0: and again, this is how you know that, you know, we talked about it earlier, but this is how you could tell that what you do is more of a calling than a job. Like you know, you understand like how important it is to make sure that those links aren't just Oh, here's the first one I found. No, come on. Where's the one? Where's the one that works best for the people that are watching this video? And I think that effort and that love and attention that you put into your content really does show through. And I think that's why people love you so much. And I definitely think you are beloved in our community, especially. And for those of you that aren't sure if, you know, you know, Steve's stuff may be right for you. I understand there are people that are doing like metal fabrication that listen to this show. I totally get it. But I think if you want to be be a part of a community that's just a really cool hang with some really nice people who you might be able to help out, it's probably worth it to kick a few bucks over to Steve so that you can join the community and uh, hang out with the rest of us. Because it's it's a good group of people with uh, a lot of really, even if nothing else, inspirational stuff
1: going on. So you definitely want to check that out. We've got some very talented people in that group and some some very talented people that don't realize they're talented people as well. Um, I agree with that. I'm not going to mention a name because I I wouldn't want to embarrass them, but we have one person in there that makes jewelry, uh, resin jewelry and bits and pieces. And, you know, whenever she posts anything, it's always really, it's done very, very humbly. You know exactly who I'm talking about. I
0: know exactly who you're talking about. (laughs) Every time (laughs) she's like, oh, this is okay. I'm like,
1: I can't do that. And then then she she mixes it with um, uh, Polymer Clay sometimes, and then she posts it, and you you just think, you know that she's not fishing for compliments because she's absolutely not fishing for compliments. And her work is just amazing. It's so inspiring. It's beautiful work. She sells it far too cheap and um, gives it away. But, yeah, we have a lot of people in that group that um, don't realize how powerful they are uh to to and the support that they give to other people, it's
0: great I'm sure a lot of them are going to be listening to this, and I i'm just going so. to tell you i'm just going to tell you I mean we're only missing one third of the crazy triumvirate that runs the group here <laughs> <laughs> you know and she's she's probably out cursing like a sailor at somebody anyway, but I, I will really say know. that we all you know just just for those of you from the group that are watching this or listening to this right now, we appreciate every single one of
1: you oh, also, absolutely. you guys are what
0: makes the group worth coming to uh,
1: i love it i love and i somebody said to me the other day what you know how do you manage this and i said well i have to be careful because sometimes i can be on that facebook group knowing i've got a couple of projects to do and then i lose myself for two or three hours in that group just chatting to people answering questions learning or asking questions how did you do that and Mm -hmm. you know and i will always recommend other crafters as well because someone was talking about alcohol inks i'm not I've never been a lover of alcohol inks until I found the recent ones that I've been using that are actually really quite fast. But Daniel Cooper, who's on YouTube, he is a master at alcohol inks and using alcohol inks. So I'm happy to recommend him and his channel and and everything. And, you know, if everybody subscribes to him that subscribes to me, brilliant. And watches his videos as well, brilliant. You know, because that's what it's about. He's not a member of our channel or, or, or in our community, but I'll always recommend other people. Same as I will Claire, who you mentioned earlier. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, actually, I wrote an email to Claire recently telling her, and I'd never met her before or spoken to her before. I happened to catch one of her videos. Because one of the things on YouTube I will not watch is resin videos. I don't watch other people's resin videos. And the reason is I don't want to be influenced by their work and what they Mm -hmm. do, and I don't want to be accused of copying or or whatever, what they do. So I I just avoid them. But I happened to catch one of Claire's, and I I I felt really it was really important for me to send her an email telling her how much i enjoyed her video but also how much i enjoyed her integrity in calling out somebody else about the fact that she was using their idea i loved that and i would always do that as well and her use of ppe and her approach to videos i wanted her to know there are other creators out there that respect her because we get a lot of abuse believe me and I, Claire's work was exceptional. Uh, her work was exceptional. Her video was exceptional. Her thumbnail was exceptional. But the way that she approached things in her video was exceptional. Loved it. You know,
0: you know what I absolutely love. You know what I absolutely love. I love that I discovered the two of you at this around the same time, and you've both become friends of mine. I absolutely love that. I love that. And I sometimes it's just like. Yeah, look how many friends you can make if you just move to the UK. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, but, I mean, I haven't heard from Claire since, or we, I haven't contacted her, and she hasn't contacted me. I just wanted her to know that there are other creators out there that really appreciate her integrity and her yeah. dedication to what she's doing. But you never know; maybe one day Claire and I will get together and we'll do a collaboration.
0: <laughs> I can I can make that happen. I'll pull both of you into a chat. I don't <laughs> yeah. care. I'm like, hey. Work with each other. I want yeah, this. I think,
1: that would, I think it would be good because I think <laughs> I, I I love her work. Um, and I I have I, I mean like I say I don't watch other resiners mm-hmm. videos. I just have to avoid it with a passion. But um, that I did particularly watch her. So yeah, maybe we should do a collaboration. Yeah, you know, I had you.
0: her. I had her on this show eight episodes yeah. after I had you on the last yeah. time.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Steve, for joining me. Um, I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to chatting with you again. And thank you all of you for listening. As usual, I appreciate every single one of you and uh, looking forward to chatting with you again next week. Have a great week, everybody.